The following podcast is a Dear Media production. One thing that I do every single morning, and if I can do it at night too, I do, is dry brushing. I cannot get enough of dry brushing and I cannot shut up about it. It's absolutely changed my life. So why I like it in the morning is because I do it like before my kids wake up for three minutes. I go up under the heart and down over the heart and then I'll get in a freezing cold shower for two minutes. And the combo of the dry brushing mixed with the freezing cold shower is seriously four shots of espresso. If I can't take a shower even, the dry brush just wakes you up. It stimulates your skin. It's going to give you the most buttery, soft, exfoliated skin. It's all the dead skin off. The Skinny Confidentials dry brush is unmatched. It's superior in every single way. Sometimes I'll bring my dry brush in the shower and it gets wet never molds. This one is like silicone. It's pristine. It's beautiful. It's big. And the bristles are super thick. So they really get all of that dead skin off. If you have not tried this tool, I highly recommended it. It took a really long time to make sure I was creating one that really gave you buttery skin. I wanted the skin on your body to feel like the skin on your face. So we have a code for you. Go shop the Skinny Confidential Dry Brush. All you have to do is use code DRYBRUSH at checkout and you get 15% off the entire site. Shopskinnyconfidential.com. Use code DRYBRUSH. And I bet you John Stamos dry brushes. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Uh-huh. I was so naive and I was so, you know, I was a little kid from Orange County that was quite sheltered and it was all sort of a dream to me. And it wasn't sophisticated enough to go, okay, here's my goal and I can't move that. You know, I just, I just went, I just went with what, what, what I was given and where my life was taking me. I didn't overthink it. I wasn't that smart. I wasn't that introspective. You know, now I, and now I am, I think, you know, therapy and growing up. And I never thought I was smart. It was just one of those things where I just felt I wasn't smart enough to keep up with people. And I wasn't, I just wasn't, I didn't go to college and I just didn't feel very book smart. And then I wrote this book and it was like a number four bestseller on the New York Times. It's like the, the Wizard of Oz, right? Like the Scarecrow. It's, I don't have a brain. Well, you have it. You just didn't. Here's your diploma. That's what this is. Oh, John Stamos is on the show today. John Stamos, guys. I'm excited. Michael tried to get like a bag for my head in this episode. You know John Stamos. Everyone knows John Stamos. He is famous for so many things, which we'll get into. But I also want to hit on something that I think is important to note about John. His book, If You Would Have Told Me, popped up on my Amazon reads and I immediately bought it because I'm a fan of him. And from the first page, I was hooked. His book is so raw, especially for Hollywood. You don't always get that with Hollywood. You know what I mean? You can tell that it really is him writing it, doing it, saying it. Like every single page was captivating. It's one of those books that you just can't put down. And what I liked about it is it talked you through his entire childhood into his teenage years. It shows you where his work ethic came from. It talks about his journey with sobriety. And of course, he also goes into the unexpected death 
of his Full House co-star and longtime friend, his best friend, Bob Saget. It talks about his past marriages, his new marriage. It talks about all the shows he was on. And there's an extreme self-awareness that comes with John. It feels like he's in on the joke. And in this episode, you can feel it. Like he's really funny and witty. And there's also like this layer of massive self-awareness. And I appreciate that. And if you read the book, I think you guys will love it. And I do have to tell you, he was so fucking cool and so kind to everyone that he met at Dear Media. He acknowledged everyone. He was polite. He was down to earth. And it's not every day that a celebrity is like that. So John Stamos. John is iconic. You may recognize him from General Hospital, ER, Full House. I mean, Uncle Jesse, hello, everyone's childhood crush. Broadway, and now he is an author. I hope you love this episode. I loved it a lot. John Stamos, welcome to the show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. John Stamos in the studio. I don't like being this close to a man who's so handsome. It makes me look bad, Michael. So can you go under the table? I don't know. I brought, hold on a second. I'm I'm overwhelmed that I'm surrounded by the two most handsome guys I know. I brought a bag for Lauren to wear on her head this whole episode. (laughs) He wants you to wear a bag. He wants you to wear a bag. I don't get intimidated too often, but I Mm -hmm. think, you know, Lauren heard you were coming in. She's like, listen, Stamos is coming in. You are my childhood crush. Really? Can't believe that. I How think long? that you're Michael's childhood crush. My honestly, like he's too handsome. Thanks for maybe. dressing up, Michael. The t-shirt works. Um, <laughs> that's Rickles. Oh, oh, if you like Rickles, that's Rickles, right? Rickles. You know what? I don't know. I set off air who has a better hairline. I hate to say that to you, Michael. Normally, I would say you. I like the well, way you got it styled. Mine's a little stiff. Yours is that thing flowing, man. You're stiff. Yeah, yeah we could we could do a little we more could do flow. It. But you normally wear it like that, right? Oof. I read The Outsiders when I was like 12 oh, or 13. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. And I was right. like, that's, that's it for me. Yeah, that's, like, look. that's the look. So we're here because I read your book. Oh, thank you. I tagged your wife. I you tagged did? you. I tagged oh, everyone. So, how do I, let's see. I, I wanted you on the show so bad after this book because this wow. book showed such a different side of you. I had known you, obviously, from Full House, from yeah. ER, from all the different things that you've done. Stern. And mm-hmm. the book, you were so open. Yeah, sometimes too open. It was so. Have you guys written a book? I have written. You've a book, done everything, but not like the, not like th- this is different. This is like a true memoir. Yes, you, you know? this is like a memoir. You have to be open. <laughs> no, I set out to write like a hero story, and then I was like, "This is bullshit. I can't fool people." You know, and then it became a human story, and then I stumbled upon a line like, "Anything less than the truth is paralysis." So I was like, oh, shit, I had to go back to the beginning and try to figure out how to do it. I thought about writing the, the two hardest chapters to, I started with, which was um, I got a DUI the day I got a DUI. And it was horrible, just terrible. I could have killed somebody. And my five stages of grief there were, you know, more booze and girls and drugs. And, and then the second chapter that I wrote, which ended up being the last chapter about Bob called Cake, the day he died. And, and, and I, my five stages of grief there was therapy and family and, you know, the program and, you know, so being sober and stuff, M- meditation. So first of all, I was in here a couple months ago on the, on the Josh and, and uh, Ben good show, which show. is a good guy show. And it was really sweet. And I was, but I saw all these vibrators and pink things out there. I'm like, I'm going to give you what one. the hell I'm in the right place. <laughs> and the, I thought it was Josh's, you know, vibrator line. It wasn't. Then I texted him this morning. I go, Hey, were you, was that the studio? I'm doing these guys, husband and wife podcast and I can't wait. And 
But I remember seeing dildos and, and stuff in the lot. Was that your place? I just said, yeah, that's that's them. Vibrators, so dildos. I'm going to give you one. It's the best vibrator. Really? I can attest to it on the planet. Let well, me tell you. Okay, my wife, I, I guess maybe I shouldn't say this, but <laughs> she um, blew out a power in our house the other day. I was out of town. She has a plug-in one, and it blew the power out of the whole master bedroom oh, area. Well, these ones are cordless. Twice. So it's this just happened is twice. cordless. I, I'm okay. going to give a cordless one. <laughs> okay. It comes in a cute little package. Okay. It's rechargeable. Right. It's dainty. It's cute. It's pretty. Okay. She's going to love it. don't have to worry about 220 volts or anything. This what, is, is <laughs> what did you do when she started coming up with these these products? I was all for it. I was, yeah. I was like, let me, we'll test them out together. <laughs> Where did you guys meet? When we were 12. You, really? Oh. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and you've only been with each other? I think other what happened was, is she saw no, you. No, we have not only been with each other. Okay, just no, one. no. I think you what met. happened is That's she saw. A, I, I need to say that before when we when we say we met. Do you have hickeys? Is there, are those hickeys on your neck? You did give me a hickey. <sighs> oh, my I think God. she saw you on Full House and then was like, oh, and, and then she got all excited. I, was, I I'm told just gonna my husband, that I said, the reason that I have this type is because of you. Okay. This wow. is like, thank you. You guys kind of have a similar look. Yeah, I will uh, take it. You're younger, aren't you, Michael? You gotta be. I mean, of course you're younger. He, he might, you guys are similar. I'm 72. <laughs> um, I, wait, no, no, but but so where did you guys? Where did you grow up in? In San Diego. San Diego. Oh wow. Yeah, grew I grew up, up in, in Orange County. You know, I, where in Orange County? Cyprus, this little town called okay. Cyprus. And so you guys met in 12, you were 12 years old. 12 years old. And did you like each other then? What yes, happened? we liked each other at 12. Yeah. Is that right? Mike's son, who's six, I don't know about, how old your kids four. are four and two? But this, my son's only one and a half. Okay, my, my son has a girlfriend for a couple of years now. I think it's wrong. You're he's, five and a half year yeah. old? Yeah. And I'm like, stop with the girlfriend stuff. She's very, she's very sweet and you know, the neighbors, her dad directs The Bachelor and all the shows, Ken Fuchs. So we were, but he's a, he's a player, you know, he's a player. My wife said she had boyfriends when she was five or You six. have them when you're little. That young? Yeah. So we, we were in uh, Paris a couple months ago and we were at the Disney, Disneyland there and um, we had a guide and two days. And one day, the first guide was, you know, a nice, normal French woman, maybe 50. The next day, there was like this 30-year-old hot French girl. And she comes up to the table and like, boom, and like it's highest popular. And, um, and he's such an, like, his, here's his move. He goes, uh, so, what's my favorite color? Like, you got to guess his shit, you know? So, uh, What's my favorite dinosaur? Like, really. he's a player. He's a player, and so it's like, and then she says, "Oh, excuse me, I have to go to the restroom." And just walks off. Oh no! For first, he was doing the questions, and then, and then I could he overhear him saying, "I have this girlfriend. Her name is Bella, and we play down the street, and she's really cool, and her dad does." And then, okay, okay, and then she walks away to the restroom, just as he's at an earshot. I swear to God, he turns to me and goes, "Why did I tell her I had a girlfriend?" <laughs> like he had a shot at her. I was He's charming. I mean, he's your kid. Yeah, but I he's wasn't charming. like that. I was, I was cute maybe as a kid, and then I got all dorky during, you know, junior high especially. I talked about being bullied and stuff there. Were you the stud dude at the, no? No, I got bullied. You did? Yeah, I was small. Were, what, what, what I was, happened? I, I, I was yeah. tiny. So how, when did you guys hook up then? We hooked up at 12. 12. Did you yeah. have sex? No? no uh, wait a minute. I might have given you a blowjob on the at tennis 12? Court. 13. Thirteen. Is that true? You asked me if I was scared of the one-eyed snake. <laughs> Is that what the plan? I didn't know what to say. And I hope my son doesn't asked, listen to this. He's still asking me. You this know to what? This day. Though, and I like her dad caught us in the. We've told this where her dad caught us in the closet at twelve with all our clothes up. I saw my life flash before my eyes, and yeah. I thought, I mean, thank. It's worked out. I'm like, look, two kids and it's grandkids. Worked yeah, okay. it's worked out. Do, do, do her parents like you? Yeah. yeah. So when you get when you did, and when you saw the one-eyed snake and the thing. Did you say marry me then? Like right yeah, at twelve? Oh, he was like, oh. he's. You've been marrying me since done, I was twelve. Yeah. Done. Yeah, no, what really happened is she showed up to school. She came in at the end of sixth. She came in sixth grade. Okay. She didn't go to the school before. 
and she was fully developed. Mm-hmm. And I was had little girlfriends that weren't developed. And I took I thought she was a substitute teacher. I took one look I'm like that's the one. Hot for teacher. And I think you couldn't leave me alone. Yeah, and then but she no. wore this really? blue sequence dress in the sixth grade play, and I was like, wow. done. What was the play? The play was Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Are you an actress? I'm not an actress. Really? No, I'm not an actress. I'm not going to flirt with your wife. I don't care. Oh, please Honestly, flirt with listen, his wife. Listen, oh, I have a wife and a kid. Please, 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 please. Listen, I, you don't get many cracks at Stamos. If you would you better, have told me yes. that I would be interviewing John Stamos. Oh, big deal. Would not have believed so it. So did you guys, so you started dating 12 or whatever, and then you broke up for a while and dated Long other time. people? Yeah. Long, we broke up. Well, we broke up until 21 years old. Yeah, we were. Okay. We, we went yeah. off. Went to, I went to went other school. She went to other yeah, school. You went to other schools. Is that what you call it? You went to U of A and fucked the whole school. You have to say oh it like God. that? No. I went on nice dates, candlelit dinners. Yeah, okay. Candlelit dinners. <laughs> did you, uh, but the candle was in his ass. Yeah. Did, exactly. you, um, did you guys, so but, well, you got back together at 21? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got, got together ever together. since. How many people have you sleep with, Michael? <laughs> two. Yeah. Hundred. No, two, hun- two thousand. No, really? That no. much? No. Yeah. Your dad did tell me 3,000. No, 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 not him, not him. Listen. His dad slept with 3,000. Did you, really? Is he still alive? Yeah, yeah. but he's 79. Wow. Can we get him on the phone? Uh, uh, <laughs> who slept would. with more, John Stamos or your dad? Your dad. Let's call him. Okay. Can we call him? And my dad's such a wild character because he was older than me when he had me. Yeah. And he was nuts when he was a kid. Yeah. And he was like, I remember being like 12 years old. I was like, listen, when you do cocaine, it's got to be really good cocaine. <laughs> and it's got to be good cocaine. You gotta, he's like, I had this testing kit. I'm like, dude, I've never even seen a beer before, man. Did like, you? And I was like, like, he like got the age confused. He didn't realize like some of that stuff doesn't come till later. Like, you right. get, And so he would give me this advice and it was so... Oh, it still is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I like old, old guys. guys. Yeah. Good, nice segue. Yeah, I know you are. You're good with old guys, Don Rickles. Yeah, you're good with Gary Marshall. Yeah, my dad. I mean, my dad was alive. Uh, he died. I was pretty young. He was 65. Was too young, and um, I sort of gravitated towards you know that type of. Guy. My dad was a you know my dad was a cool. Boy. My dad was my like probably like you. He was joking a, aside. Yeah, we, me and him are. I could tell, like that, and he yeah. was you know I could see he's putting on some of that stuff, but he seems like a really good guy and. You were working you. with your dad in his restaurant That's right, when yeah. you were on a show at the same time. Right. What was that like? Well, I worked on, I got, the first job I ever got was General Hospital. You know what's really good about your podcast too, I should say? You let your guests talk for a long time. It, maybe you're spacing out, I'm not sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, isn't that what you're well, supposed to do? Yeah, I guess not, so. Isn't that what you're, yeah. Well, some people interrupt and stuff. But anyway, yes, I worked at my dad's restaurant. My dad was very, probably like you, he was like, work hard, be a good guy. My dad treated the busboy the same way he would treat his best customer. And I never forgot that. I watched it and he instilled that in me. I got, I did an audition for General Hospital. Did you ever, you probably didn't watch that show. No, you didn't. You did? Yes, I did. When I was at home, yeah. When you were, she, uh, you were how no, old? No, I was like say, 80s, five. how old? You were five? So you hadn't met Michael yet, so Michael you were still, yeah. right? Yeah. 12. I told uh, you, my first childhood crush. Well, you said full house. Every right. single girl says that to him. No, they don't not. They don't. No, she, I'm not kidding you. Like she, we've had some people on the show. She's like, she's like, hey. Well, I'm very flattered. I loved you in Batman, by the way, Michael. Oh, everyone says Everybody that. Says as that. long as you say not, not, when you, you, not when you play Dick Cheney. No, no, no. You're better looking than him. Oh. Your dad treated the bus Sorry, boy. Sorry, the thing. The same as he treated everyone. Right. He was very much into, you know, discipline and working hard. And so I got on the show. I auditioned. I didn't, it was a, the, the breakdown was a, was a, a, a street urchin, a New York street urchin kid. I never even been to New York. I was just 18, I think. And I figured, well, how am I going to, I got to get, I got to get, in. I love Travolta. The, and the first movie set that I ever saw, first television, anything was on the set of Greece. I can tell you that story. But I love Travolta. So I thought I need a walk. Like, like I got to get my walk down, you know, like, a, you know, and, and, and a leather jacket. My mom, I, I took my mom's like 
a voluminous long leather jacket, which I was going to cut it. She said, no. She sort of feathered my hair. I had sun in during that time. Did you ever use that? Like, what is it? it? She squittered in your hair and it, you know, it was, it's a lighter. I was walking. So I, I wanted to find a street that I thought was New York, which was, I, I went over here to, to uh, West Hollywood and I was like driving down. This, this looks like New York to me. And there was a, a place called Rage. I thought, I, this character needs rage. I'll park there, you know. And I got out. It's like, I'm working on my walk, like walking down Santa Monica Boulevard over there. A lot of cat calls. There was a lot of, outdoor restaurants with ma mainly men, mostly men. And, uh, woo, you get it, girl. I'm like, girl. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> this was a, yeah, this was, I was sort of worked through my walk and it was sort of silly. But then I walked into the idea. Oh, so I thought I needed a bandana, like, like Chachi on happy days. He's a New York guy. He has a bandana. So I was trying to, there were a lot of bandana stores on the street and I went into one and, and I got a yellow bandana and the, and the, I never forget the owner, the guy says, um, today's your lucky day because with every bandana you get a, a massage. I'm like, oh, thank you, sir. But I got an audition. <laughs> so I took the yellow bandana and I went and I was, I was, I came into the audition like a, like, I, like a, like bam, like bash through and I'm doing my walk. I'm moving around. And I go, okay. Uh, and I'm like, there's two guys, whatever, baseball bats. Stop, stop, stop moving around. What do you do? The cameras can't even catch you. You don't need to walk. Just stay the, you know, stand still, stay the lines. Okay. So I started two guys, whatever. Baseball bats in one hand, but stop. I go, what? He says, uh, that yellow bandana, that you like to be peed on? I'm like, what? And it turns out like there's a there's a colors in the in the in that community or and yellow was pee yeah, pee on. So that was my first audition. But I got it and I remember calling home and my family was all they always I would call and say, and I said, oh, I got bad news. Oh, I got their own. My sisters and my mom are screaming. And you could hear my dad in the in the back going, You can't work on Sundays. Tell him you can't, well, you're my Sunday guy. And sure enough, like I started the show and I still worked at my dad's restaurant on Sundays. And then the show aired like just literally like oh, two weeks after I started. So I was, I, th I auditioned on a Monday, call back on a Tuesday, start, worked on a Wednesday. And then you know, one week later, it started to air. And that show, you know, 35 million people were watching like Luke and Laura and all that stuff. But I still worked and people were starting to come into the restaurant to say, you know, can I have a cheeseburger? Hey, aren't you the guy? Nah, give me a, I said, dad, I'm famous. Can I quit? No. And I, he kept me working there. And I never, you know, when you write something like this, you, you discover your story and discover, like, and I, I had questions. I go, why did he, I mean, it was either to keep me humble, which didn't work, um, uh, or discipline, or it was good for business. He came down to the set with me. I'll never forget it. And he, and he watched the way I handled people or worked with people. Same way he did. I was talking to the, I was talking to the guy pulling the cords. I was talking to the producer. I was like, and he said, you're ready. You're ready. I go, it's your son. I love you. Be a good man. Be kind. Work your ass off. And uh, good luck. That's an incredible story. Uh, we've met so many people. And honestly, when you came, when you came in the room and Bert was here, I could tell yeah. right. I'm like, oh, this guy is, it, you're, you just, you seem like a good dude. Like you just seem like you, tr I watch you with Jade in the office. You treat everybody really nice. And it's, it's, it's refreshing because, you know, we come across a lot of people and sometimes you see people reach a certain level of either fame or fortune and they kind of lose sight of just being mm. a human. I mean, there probably were times when, when I was like that, but for the most part, like I wanted to be famous my whole life. I wanted to be popular. I wanted people, the girls to like me and stuff. So why would I not like it now? You guys talked a couple of the episodes that I listened to, we were talking about fame, not you guys as much, but the guests that weren't famous. And they were talking about what it means to be famous. I'm like, you don't know. It was like, if I'm in a restaurant and I'm talking, I don't want people come up to me. I don't give a shit. I, I really don't. I mean, if I want to be private and, you know, I'll stay home and, 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 you know, people are just, 
it's always something not like they always come up and say something nice, right? You guys get recognized probably once in a while. Maybe you not. You know who says what you just said? Kim Kardashian. Oh, really? She says, I, I'll i never, ever complain huh. because I've worked so hard to yeah, get here and I'll never really complain hard, yeah. about people coming up to me or being famous. She said, I love every minute of it. Yeah, that's I how think I that's honest too. Yeah, and it also, so. if you're you're right. If you don't want to get recognized, don't go out. Well, I mean, people, you know, I mean, I think people do, you know, don't want to live in their house all the time, but I, I don't know. I can't speak for them, but for me, it's like, you know, my Kim, she worked really hard. She's, do you, have you guys had, has she been on her? No. Oh. You can't bash me. Open you can't. invite. Open invite. Oh, she's my neighbor. Anyway, the, you, you look at people that work that hard and it's pretty impressive too, right? So wait, so what was your, were you, who, who started making the dough first, you or her? Probably in terms, probably me, me, but we had different, like I went straight into the last job I had, like McDonald's. Work. Yeah. How did you do that? Oh, I listen. Oh, wow. But my dad, and you know, it's, he's a funny character and he taught me a lot. But one thing that I think is a little bit of a strange path is he drilled in my head always that I could never have like a job that I had to go build something on my own, which was strange. You know, I struggled and stumbled with that for a long time because of like, what does that even mean? You there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. Your dad was a lot older than, uh, than like your well, because dad, was he was a, a born and bred like entrepreneur. And I think your dad I've, had when you was 42. Yeah. And so I, you know, with that, I, I had, I, what I would say is I had a lot of downs first. Like yeah. I would go, I would make, I would go up and then I go down and I go up and I go down. I had nothing really stable, but when, when stuff started to hit me, but then, you know, probably at times when I was down, then she started to go up That's great. and then vice versa. But I think what's interesting about us, we've been together for so long that we've kind of been building it together. Right. Right. Like we, we, well, no prenup. So, you know, yeah, yeah no, no. Thank God. We've got more money. You should have made you sign a prenup. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. That was my mistake. But, you know, when we, <laughs> I remember when she was bartending and putting herself through school and Where? starting the blog. Hooters? I was bartending in San Diego. Hooters? Not Hooters. I don't mean to be disrespectful. Not Hooters. But I know there's a lot of Hooters down there. Not Hooters. Okay. You know that what? That was disrespectful. I I'm sorry. That was not disrespectful. Yes, it was. You know what? Michael's I, getting pissed off. I wish that I worked at Hooters. I wish that I had that moment to work at Hooters and sell yeah. wings. I would have sold wings like nobody's business. Sold a lot of wings, yeah. I yeah. really would have. She got her first boob job at 18 and she got them removed recently. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Hooters, you would have crushed it there. I would have crushed it. This sure. is personal stuff. I, I feel like. Oh, we a, talk about everything. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. There's, there's nothing off limits at this point. What is that like, though? Does, w w did that start from the beginning? Like, have you guys just spewing out your personal life? Here's the way that I. Well, yeah. But here's the way I would. Sometimes people wonder, like, oh, man, these guys go at each other. Yeah. Imagine, Do you guys fight a lot? But imagine right. doing something with like your best friend from childhood. And so like, I think some of the stuff that you would rib, like you would rib your 12 year old. Yeah, but I don't have sex with like, you know, yeah. I don't think, no. Well, sorry. I don't but no, I don't, I think it's just, it's just a dynamic. And I think well, what I learned is I used to be a lot more private. And then she just started sharing every fucking thing about her life. Yeah, so I, like, I got to get, I'm I an oversharer naturally, which is why I liked your book. Yeah, I'm sure. I liked your book because it, I was like, this is, uh, this is someone who's telling the truth. Yeah, it was hard. It, you know, and there were times when I said, I was like, I, I mean, I, I didn't, maybe one guy, one person, but I didn't bash it. That's not my style to, to make, to say shitty stuff about people. When it got really into the weeds of things, I, I had to pretend like it, I was writing about somebody else. Like it, it was me and they're all two stories, but I, that it was, I disconnected from it somehow. Why? Sense. Because it was too, it was, I couldn't believe that I was, that I, first of all, I couldn't believe half of the shit I've done. I, I, I just, writing a book just goes, it just made me so grateful for my life and the people that have been in it. This is really a love letter to all the beautiful people, the you know, the Rickles and the Gary Marshall, certainly my parents. I love my parents so much. My mom, you know, wrote me these little beautiful. notes. 
And I hope you guys do something like this for your kids. I, I, I already swear on my life I'm mm. going to do this for my son okay. and daughter, the little Let's notes Let's do it she now. Wrote. We can write something. No, no, no. Tell, talk to us about well, the notes that she wrote you. They're she so wrote, sweet. She would just write these random notes and, and give them to us sometimes. Sometimes I wouldn't. She wouldn't. And my sisters, I, when they asked me to do a book, I was like, no way. I don't have any. I'm not that interesting. I don't, I'm not very articulate. It's very, you know, I, I'm not a writer like this. And then I was a father, so I was trying to think about what it meant to be a father at 92, uh, an older father, you know, a father in his 50s. And then, then Bob died, and I wrote this sort of a tribute to him in the LA Times, and my book agent, I guess, and, and a couple of publishers saw that, and they said, well, you should write a book. I'm like, no. But I sort of, I, I kept saying no, and they said, well, just try. I said, I don't want to try. And then I thought about my mom's letters, and I laid them out, and I got some from my sisters. I was like, okay, well, that's a good roadmap anyway to start with. Here, let me read one of the letters. Dear, and I used her her, write, her writing, you know, and stuff. So cute. Dear Johnny, do not release your memoir the same day as Britney Spears. Oh. Well, thanks, Mom. You didn't. No, this was the, <laughs> this was interesting. This was the first. This was the first one I put in here. You I, did I, release it on the same day as Britney Spears. I didn't choose to. You I know, mean, I bought both your. Memoirs. You did. Oh, you bought hers first. Well, luckily in that world, you could kind of get both of them, right? But I, you know. yeah, yeah, that people. I mean, so when I was talking about the when I was doing the first chapter and I was getting in my car fucked up like an idiot. I swear to you, I saw this. I had it framed, this note of hers that says, don't ever give the devil a ride because he will end up doing the driving. When she died, and I talk about losing, losing both of them, and it was, and so, it was really difficult. And I was at my worst, maybe two or three weeks after she passed away. I'm crying in her house. I'm trying to start to clean up stuff. And I see this little note. She had this uh, you know, stationery the last couple of years. And I found it. And I looked at it. And I says, dear son, life is an occasion. Rise to it. Don't be sad because I died. Be happy because I lived. I had a wonderful life. She Sweet. did that. Yeah. The letters really give your book heart. It's very, very honest. And it, what your relationship with your mother, Bob, and Don seems to be a big part of the book. You had really deep relationships with those three people. Yeah, Bob sort of is all the way through, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and yesterday was his uh, two-year, the two-year anniversary of his death. And it was... He seemed like the best friend you guys would have loved him. oh he'd have been great on your show because he said funny. It, hey, he was people it. don't realize i mean maybe they do how fucking funny that guy was brilliant i love you know i i, I study these stand-ups I'm, I'm a student of comedy i would never do it but i love watching the mechanics of it you see how these guys he tells bert it was just in here right he he tells these great stories they're so fucking funny but it's timing and words they're they're, they're geniuses with the word and rickles was you know was was the greatest ever but Bob, Bob and I didn't like each other when I started the show. I came from, I was working with Jack Klugman, who was an old f famous actor, and he, he really mentored me a lot about, you know, certainly about acting and life, really. Jack would make me, they would have a punch-up night uh, a certain day of the week, and he would have all these famous writers come in, Jerry Belson or Harvey Miller, I'm sure you're writing something. But, but Gary Marshall, that's where I met Gary Marshall. And I would sit in the corner and watch how they would construct a scene and fix jokes. and do So I came into Full House with that. And Bob, was coming. He's just a comic. He was a junkie for laughs. I mean, he, he was like a heroin addict. He had to have them, and it didn't. He wasn't really getting them on the show in the beginning, so he had to make the crew laugh, which was, you know, fine a little bit at the time. But he was very disruptive. We were talking about it yesterday, so we didn't get along at all. And it took a while before, but once we had locked in, you know, we were just there for each other, all three of us. The third season, I think it was, uh, Bob's sister got scleroderma, which is a, a horrific disease that he that he been advocating for and raising a lot of money for it till the day he died. And um, then Dave's sister had a very terrible uh, cancer, cervical cancer. And then my sister had a, had a brain tumor. Wow. So now we were three, just the three guys on a show, we were three brothers 
grieving for our sisters. Bob's sister died. Dave's sister, I thank God my sister made it out alive. She, she was misdiagnosed and it was MS and she's doing great. From that moment on, I think we were just as one. And we just, we've been there for each other for everything. All the highs, all the lows, you know, in between and when careers. He, when he passed, what did that do to you personally? Oh, God. It, because it wasn't like he didn't have a cancer or some long-term, th- like it was just like, bah. you know, I remember I, it was a Sunday and I got a call from my press agent. And two weeks before, this is true, he got a call from TMZ. They said I went down on a plane crash. They, they, they had sources that said, said you, I, you did. That I did. A couple of weeks before, Bob said I went down in a plane crash near San Diego. And so Matt, my publicist, immediately called. I didn't answer the phone, but my wife did. And I said, John, okay? She's like, yeah, he's sleeping upstairs. Don't wake him up. You know, I'd be pissed off. So that was bullshit. Two weeks later, Matt calls again on a Sunday. I said, what's up? Have you talked to Bob today? No, why? How is he? I don't know. I think he's doing a gig in Florida, but you haven't talked to him. No, why? Well, TMZ called and said that he, that he, that he died in Florida. I'm like, well, what sources, you know, the same bullshit. I said, well, I don't know. So I texted him, texted him. And he would usually, even if he was on a plane, he would text you back. He would text or call you and say, I'm too busy to talk. I said, why'd you call me then? But he didn't text back. And then I started calling his wife. She didn't answer. Then I got this weird text from Candace. And she said, I got this DM that said from some, some woman who said her sister's a police officer and she's sorry that Bob died in Florida. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, this is too many, right? So I called her and she, she, she read it to me again. And then as I was talking to Candace, Kelly, his wife called me and she told me, and I, I was in the parking lot. I, I was driving my son around to sleep and I was in the parking lot of the commons up there. And I just hit the cement. I'd never forget it. He was asleep. Thank God. I'm like, no. And then I called Lori and she flipped. She did the same thing. She hit, she was on a golf course. Or Grass was probably softer than the pavement. And then Dave, I called. I said, Dave, Bob Saget died. I was like, I don't know why I said his last name. But it, we were all in such shock. It was shocking. You know, it was like, what the fuck? And, and it's taken me this amount of time to go like, wait a minute, now he hit his head. Like, what was that about? You know? He was bigger than life. And he was, here's the thing. He always told you, I love you. I care about you. I'm proud of you. I'll give you the biggest hug. Always. And that's something we should, you know, keep alive for his legacy. He, he really seemed like a really great friend. He also seemed, when you write about him, that he wanted to be telling, like you said, he told the crew, he wanted to be telling like really disgusting jokes, but he's like America's father. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was always, he was always, I guess he was always dirty. So we knew it, you know? Yeah, he was pretty, pretty bad. But it was, you know, drove me crazy because I'm in there trying to work a scene and trying to fix why is it funnier? Why is Michelle saying you got a dude when there's no dude, there's a turtle in the room. Right. It's a turtle. You got a turtle maybe. And Bob would, We'd be at the, that iconic kitchen table and he would grab a fork and just start stabbing it. I hate my cock! And just like <laughs> stab, you know, be, make a stabbing motion. It was too much. <laughs> was he jealous that you were like the ladies' man on the show? Well, I think so. I mean, he, when, you know, at his funeral, his first wife, Sherry, came up to him and she was hugging me and she was like, Bob loved you so much. And I'm like, oh. He also hated you. He was so jealous. But, you know, as it turns out that I, I, it was interesting because I, I hadn't watched the show in a long time and my son was watching it recently. And it was a scene where Danny and Jesse were talking about how they wished they had each other's, they were jealous of each other. Like I was a rock and roll guy, free, and he had a family. And that's how I was with him. I was always, first of all, I was jealous of his, his comedic timing and the way he could just be so brilliant on stage. 
And then also he had a family, he had three girls and I was out, you know, I didn't. So that all changed, I think. And then we became just really supportive of each other. That was interesting for me to read as I thought you were like this, I don't know if player is the right word, but I thought like you were like the bad boy. And in the book, you could tell you were wanting a family. I think some of my contemporaries at the time were out, you know, the Playboy Mansion and all that stuff. I, I didn't do any of that like you, Michael. <laughs> I would imagine if I was in your shoes and there was that amount of female attention, that would be hard to stay yeah, focused I at times. You know, I, I swear to God, I, I, I wasn't, it, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of it. Like I wasn't, there wasn't a social media. So I, we really didn't know how popular you were. Yeah, you weren't getting instant feedback. Yeah, no DMs. The mall or something. You know, yeah, no DMs. <laughs> and I really was, it was always a, in high school, in junior, I think it was, no, in high school, it started to change then. And I was this goofy kid. I was like doing like stunts and magic and puppets and not things that really don't turn girls on that much. I started playing drums, which was helpful. You know, helpful. I'll never forget it. Maybe you had this. Were you good looking, you know, forever? I mean, since you were. Mm, I don't know. I think I was like, no, I, I was never, I, I never felt like the guy. I wasn't super confident when I was younger. Right. Right. And I got bullied when I was. What? Why? Small. I don't know. Probably. I, I was always like, I've always been headstrong. and I've always right. been outspoken. Smart ass kind of thing. Yeah. I didn't, I, I guess I wasn't that aware that girl, he said, ah, oh, with all those girls after you, there was no, you know, social media. So you didn't know. I, didn't go to, I mean, I did, you know, appearances and stuff and there was a lot of that kind of thing, but I always wanted to find the one and settle down. I wanted to be, I wanted a family like my mom and dad. But once you did know, and once the success of the show and your platform and you become known, how do uh -huh. you even start, to, how do you stay focused when there is, when you start to realize, okay, there is some attention here? Here's the honest truth. I felt, I, I would go to bed too early and my friends call me the, the, you know, something waster. Like I would, like there would be girls that would want to hang out, but I was like, he's asleep, something sorry. Waster, yeah. You know, I, I really was. Now I stay up later, but I was, I was like that. But I mean, I mean, I went, I was, but it was, it was so, it was so much more innocent and I, and I wasn't evolved. I mean, I wasn't very much, I was very, as you, I, hopefully you get that from the book. Like I was so naive and I was so, you know, I was a little kid from Orange County that was quite sheltered and it was all sort of a dream to me, right? And it wasn't sophisticated enough to go, okay, here's my goal. I can't remove that. You know, I just, I just went, I just went with what, what, what I was given and where my life was taking me. I didn't overthink it. I wasn't that smart. I wasn't that introspective. You know, now I, and now I am, I think, you know, therapy and growing up. And I never found, I never thought I was smart. That was the thing. And I had a girl tell me that I wasn't. And it, it stuck with me till to this day, probably. And Interesting. I think it was just one of those things where I just felt I wasn't smart enough to keep up with people. And I wasn't. I just wasn't, I didn't go to college and I just didn't feel very book smart. And, and, and I would drink to be, you know, come off funnier or, or maybe smarter, but it, you know, I didn't. Then I wrote this book and it was like a number four bestseller on the New York times. It's like the, like, um, like, um, the wizard of Oz, right? Like the scarecrow is, I don't have a brain, but you have it. You just didn't, here's your diploma. That's what this is. Did you know? Water is good for you, but it's actually not so great for your hair. The calcium in our shower water is amplifying the damage that we all have in our hair from coloring and other salon services. And when I decided to change my hair from blonde to brunette, I obviously picked everyone's favorite, Kerastase. Kerastase is absolutely amazing. So it's this luxury professional hair care line. You all probably recognize it from the nicest, most luxurious salons. And Kerastase has finally come out with the solution for damaged hair, the new Premier Repairing Pre-Shampoo Treatment. 
basically what this did for my hair is it took my hair from like a brittle blonde to a more thicker, more luscious, more shinier brunette. And I noticed it immediately. It's one of those products that you literally will put on your hair, take a shower, get out, blow dry your hair and notice it right away. So the collection features six different products and an insulin treatment. They all really hit the basis to remove the calcium buildup accumulating in our hair while also repairing it. So we're multitasking over here. If you've tried everything to repair your damaged hair, trust me and try Premier. You can visit kerastos-usa.com and use code SKINNY15. You get 15% off your purchase. Standard exclusions apply. Offer valid through 5-31-2024. That's SKINNY15 for 15% off your purchase at www.kerastase-usa.com. I was just out of town in New York City and I looked at all my supplements and I really like zoned in on what I was actually traveling with. And I've realized one thing that I have traveled with for like really the last four years is a probiotic. I always take one every morning. I like it with lemon water. And the one that I take is by Just Thrive. The reason that I like this brand in particular is they are all about the research and the effectiveness. So this is one of the only probiotics that actually survives the trip to the gut. The brand has incredible products. If you're on their site, I would also check out the psychobiotic, which goes in tandem with the probiotic. It's called Just Calm, whereas the probiotic is for your gut. The Just Calm is more for like stress and nerves. If you just want to start with the probiotic, I am obsessed. I tell all my friends and family, just thrive is where it's at. It's good for your gut. It's good for your brain. It's good for your hair growth. Probiotics are so important, and I will never go back on this probiotic. This is the one that I give to my kids. I put it in their smoothie. I even like put it in my dog's dog food. If you're ready to take control and live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic today. Visit JustThriveHealth.com and use promo code SKINNY. That's JustThriveHealth.com, promo code SKINNY. While you're there, check out their other clinically-backed products. Take control today with Just Thrive. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We love this partner because we feel that they are truly making a dent in people's mental health when it comes to improving their mental health and feeling better about themselves and the way they speak to themselves. Lauren and I have become such fans of therapy. We've had way too many high performers come on this show and talk about the benefits they've received from talking to someone, sharing their thoughts, speaking to somebody who's a professional that can help them work through whatever issues, problems, obstacles that they're facing in their own life. I love that you can do this from your own home, from your office, from your bedroom, from your library, wherever you may be. You can do it directly from your phone or computer, wherever you're online. And you can just go to BetterHelp and immediately get paired with a licensed therapist professional. You can switch at any time. It provides so much flexibility for someone that's looking to get into the therapy game. I have a friend, a very close friend who's been struggling recently through the issues that he's facing. And I said, you know, no joke, we have a partner with BetterHelp. I think you should talk to a professional and they can help you navigate these issues. Sure enough, he did and he was able to break through a bunch of the issues that he was going through. 
So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, like I said, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Of course, we have an incredible offer. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash skinny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash skinny, betterhelp.com slash skinny. You know, we had um, Janice Dickinson mm-hmm. in here on Monday. <laughs> and um, we were talking about the same kind of did thing. We, did we ask her about you? We didn't ask her about you. Should we have asked her? No, about no, you? no. I don't know. I don't know her. Well, anyway, no, anyway, I was the point is she was, quote unquote, like the America, uh, the very first supermodel. Yeah, and right, she was right. saying some of the same things. He, where, he knows a couple models. Where like you know? a lot of people, it was like there was such a focus on the looks that like sometimes people didn't take the mind seriously and there's like a complex that gets developed yeah. and i imagine if you're on a show being told like you're the you're the looks guy don't we don't you know we don't want to hear about the mind type thing like that that could mm. reinforce some of those yeah maybe yeah i i just i didn't yes but i didn't think i didn't think it like i didn't i wasn't i didn't think about that kind of stuff i was like well let's make it funny i was really into acting i really wanted to be a, a respected actor and it's taken a long time just to kind of go here i am motherfuckers you know that's it and no matter what i did it was still uncle jesse uncle jesse you know, ER was a great run for me and um, some of these things. And I started doing theater, which a lot of people don't know about. I talk about it in here. And the last, I did four, four, four musicals. I did Annie. The sun will come out. Just kidding. The musicals. And then the last show I did was with James Earl Jones, arguably cool. the greatest, you know, living actor of our generation. And Angela Lansbury was in it. It was a three-hour Gore Vidal political drama. It would be great now. It's called The Best Man on Broadway and it was and I did the run and I it became pretty close to James Earl Jones he called me little, uh, little John I call him Big Daddy we had a curtain call and, and I was standing next to him in the curtain call and we bend down just when he was just out of here there's some uh, boobies in the third row you know like this did you guys hear that Michael's like what boobies in the third row <laughs> yeah but I on the last day we, we worked really hard and I worked really hard on that show and the last day where it, the show was we finished the last show on a Sunday we we're walking out and they were sort of you know, taking the stuff down in the, in the, on the stage. And I said, James, I have to tell you, you've done something for me that no one's ever done. You've legitimized me. I mean, to be on stage with you for three hours and to do this kind of material, I think, I think that people have completely have a new respect for me and, and don't see me the way they used to. It was, it's, I imagine like at times, even though it was a great platform, maybe it's frustrating to be the Uncle Jesse all the time. Right. And so this was it. This was the, the I, which I thought was the end of it. Just as I'm saying thank you for, you know, changing people's perception of me, we, the stage door opens and, oh, Uncle Jesse, Uncle Jesse, say have mercy. And I'm like, oh my God, like my face, I couldn't look at him. And he was standing there and I was like, I'm going to scoot out in between someone's legs and run the fuck away from Broadway and be done with it. And just as I was trying to like not look at him, I kind of took a peek and somebody was holding a phone next to me. He said, James, say, Luke, I am your father. Luke, for, for my kid. Right. And we just looked at each other and just laughed. I said, fuck it, you know? Fuck it. It's what it is. It, it, you know, I really haven't, I, it took me a long time to learn how to act. I think some people know it right away, like your guy from Batman. They come out of the gate like DiCaprio or, or Jennifer Lawrence or something, they're great. Some, it takes 25 years and I think I'm in that category. And, but it really didn't start to hit until I, rela- until I stopped giving a fuck. You know what I mean? And I, I confidence. And, and I stopped drinking like nine, eight, nine years in June. So that helped a lot too. And I was like, I can go into any room. I can be with anybody. I'll audition. I'll act. I've done so, you have to, I, I have to just have confidence in everything. I've done. And you guys were talking about it. It was so true. It was like, I don't give a fuck if, if, if I'm embarrassed, if I'm, if I'm embarrassed myself. Who cares? Who, to, to who? You're embarrassed? I mean, fuck off. 
Like I don't, you know, I don't mean to be that shitty, but I do, I just stopped caring. And all of a sudden this respect came and people, you know, were giving me great jobs and I don't know. I, I, I think that's part of my success. No, I think that, I think that's it. And we, you know, for us, I used to say like my biggest fear when I was younger was like, if I had to speak in front of anybody or just oh, really? public speaking, like, now obviously we do this all the time. But I think it's like you get to the point where it's like, I don't give a fuck. And you realize that most people are just thinking about themselves. Yeah, they don't like, know. Yeah. They don't I talked care. about like, I auditioned for ER early on, right about a year after Clooney left. And I, I thought they were going to offer me the role. And they said, well, no, we're just going to have a little meeting. I thought it was going to be, you know, John Wells who created the show and maybe one other person. And, uh, and they said, oh, and, and here are the pages. Pages? What do you mean? Pages? Well, every, everybody's reading. Everybody? I thought this was my role. And I went in. I was so fucking nervous. And I'm it was the hottest day. I was in the valley. And, um, and I was sweating. I had a black t-shirt. I was dabbing my face in the bathroom. I had a toilet paper. You know, <laughs> it was terrible. And I walked in and I literally barfed and shit and threw. It was awful. And I couldn't even, t I couldn't even talk. I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. And I just, like all these medical <laughs> jargon, I'm like, oh, fuck, I started sweating more and more. And they're not laughing at anything. Like, no sense ever. And I was just like, oh my God, I got to get it. And I just kind of spoke, thank you. We should do a show oh. on hyperhidrosis, you know, sweating. Remember sweating palm? Okay, bye. It was terrible. And oh. I was so embarrassed. John Wells was, you know, my idol. I really wanted to work with him. I just, I went home. I went home and I called the casting. I said, how, how was it? He goes, I never heard this term. He goes, you shit the bed. I'm like, what? <laughs> You shit the bed, you know? I said, well, it was hot, you know, whatever. Years later, they, they offered me a part on the show. And I was like, oh my God, what do I say? I hadn't seen any of those people, the producers, John Wells. I was so embarrassed, you know, it was just like, it ate me alive. And I'm laying on a gurney with blood all over me, just like the audition. And John Wells comes up, hey, John, welcome to the show. I'm like, oh, hi, John. Listen, about that audition years ago, I, I was so sorry. I was so, he goes, what? I go, remember when I came in on audition for you guys? He goes, no. Oh, no. Oh, when you, yeah. I said, oh, I was sweaty. And he goes, don't worry. Look, we were worried that you were too much like Clooney. And as soon as you walked in the room, we all said, oh, we're not going to do this to John. And that's why we didn't have you do this. We wanted to wait for something like this new role and let a few years go by without him. So all those years I was stressing about, you know, fucking up in front of these guys. They didn't even think twice about it. They like made the said. decision before they even, yeah. yeah. And they think they don't, people don't, right? You spend half your life worrying about shit that never happens. What, it's funny. When I told everyone that you were coming in, I said John Stamos, not Uncle Jesse. I said John Stamos. Everyone knew right away. Do you right. think that this book has, like, I feel like, I, I don't think of you as Uncle Jesse. I think of you as John Stamos. Do you think that this book has helped with that? I'm not sure. I mean, you. you I mean, this is like, a, I think you, this right? is, should be a, like, this is a pretty big moment, the book. I never, I never thought about writing a book. I never, when we made the New York Best Times, I was like, oh, is that good? And they're like, yeah. Are you kidding? But it, but it, but it is because it's, because it's my, you know, it's my legacy and it's going to leave it for my son. And I got to, to talk nice about my wife and stuff. So yeah, I mean, thank you. I hate being serious. Can you tell? I'm like, I have 50 jokes going through my head. Right now. That's Well, I, you could tell by I maybe the it. people that you, like <laughs> I told you the first, I mean, I obviously was very aware of you, but I was maybe not the target audience for Full House. And the, when I fell in love with what you do and, your, and everything is when you had, I said I was driving home. I was a huge Stern fan. You came with mm. Rickles and I was like, oh, yeah. and I thought it was such an interesting pairing. Right. But if you, now talking to you, I'm like, it makes sense. You, oh, me and Don? Yeah. But it makes sense. Like just the people you surround yourself with, like they're yeah. funny fucking people. I guess. I don't know why some of these people. And even Howard. Like, me. like Yeah, Howard. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, 
I don't. How do you even come across paths mm-hmm. and become that close with someone like Rickles? Well, Rickles like was, you know what I mean. Like if you were mapping two people, <laughs> yeah. you're like, okay, let's see, like, let's yeah, see who's going to pair never together. Like, sense. Yeah. Did you start? You loved him. Did you watch him. I watched. Him. I, watched all, I, I used to go on YouTube and watch right, all his right. old things. I watched when he roasted Reagan. I watched the right, stand up. Right, right, right. I watched his. Spe- Remember I, when he I said uh, Emmanuel Lewis was introducing him? Don Rickles and he walks down the whole thing and he's he and right before Don went to grab the mic, Emmanuel Lewis says, "Be funny," and you know the place. And Don said, I'm not, I'm just, I'm repeating Don. I'm not, this is not my joke. But he said, well, there's one a little black boy that'll never play basketball. I was like, oh. I go, Don, how did you, what, who, what, how, what are so I, He never had writers. He said, I just, I'm just doing Rickles. I'm doing Rickles. I got to show him a bunch of stuff that he did on, when YouTube came out. I went over his house. And, he forgot about maybe? Well, he never saw, like he did the Tonight Show oh, so cool. many times, but he never saw him. And I'd be like, oh my God, how did you, shut up. I'm just, I'm just doing Rickles. God damn it, I'm funny. He would say, <laughs> he was, uh, you know, when I met him, he wasn't, people thought he was dead. Like he, it was before this resurgence. Like we did this documentary about him on, um, and that won an Emmy was for on HBO? I think so, yeah. Yeah. It, it came out, yeah. And Mr. Warmth, great, you know. And then all of a sudden these tributes started to come around and it was beautiful to see him get his his due. He would say, John, you know, came over, Johnny Depp came over. I said, oh yeah, Johnny Depp come lately. Huh? Johnny, I've been here 10 years with you, you know. Well, I met him at a restaurant and we just started talking and then he was, you know, I, his son died at a young age, and that was horrific. You know, so maybe he he thought of me like that. Um, we we spent a lot of time. I called. We talked for hours on the phone. You wouldn't think, right? And we, he was like a no, but it makes sense now when you're talking. I could see that so, he probably got your sense of humor, and obviously Howard loved him and said he was the reason why he became got into comedy. And so Don, so I don't want to talk about who I'm stupid. I'm not going to go on that show. I said it's a different. Like, he loves you. But, and so, did, he, did you tell Howard you were bringing him on? Because I thought it was like a surprise. It man. was. I told. It was like I was bringing a new girl, and I wanted their their opinion. I just kind of you know because I barged in. Now every it was a surprise for everybody but Howard. Like that you don't surprise him, I guess. But Artie and and uh, Robin, everybody was like. He walked in, and it was incredible to. See. I don't know if you've seen it. I know you said you heard it live, but I, I saw it and I heard. I watched it after, but I heard right. it. I was driving home Michael from the is desert. A big, oh, yeah. a big fan of you on Howard and Don. Rickles. Well, because I used to draw. I used to do these long commutes when I was chasing her, and I would drive yeah. from <laughs> Arizona all the way to San Diego. But like you five grew up in, oh, so you, oh, you're but I went to school in right? Arizona there. State, where you and s- I had sex when, with other girls, yeah. and and that's when Artie was on the show, right? Right. And so those were like. I feel like those were like pretty crazy stern days. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, Artie. And then you came on, but anyway, no. He, but 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 it was beautiful to watch because Howard stood up, took his glasses off, called him Mr. Rickles, and the two of them here are 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 bonding on being so unpopular with girls that they had to be funny, and it was a beautiful thing to to and watch. What did he say? Like, did you? I struggled with women. Like, did you struggle with women? Howard's like, yeah, look, look yeah. You know, he, he, yeah, he said, like, no. Howard said, yeah, I did too. He said, oh, really? You, you look like a Jew Zulu. <laughs> Jew Zulu. Yeah. Where the hell did he get that? Well, the cool thing about him mm-hmm. was, and I don't know if you could even get away with it these days, but he would just rip on everybody. Didn't matter who you were, background, race, greed. Yeah. Like, you just and and but it was funny. It was a different time, you know, and he was not racist he didn't have a racist bone in his body and if and if because a lot of people oh that's racist look he he was making fun of bigotry like he was he was like doing a archie bunker or something you know it's like look at what you know what they did on that show the great norman lear like this is here's an example of a fucking moron you know and dom would would sort of highlight that and you know say it was terrible you know obviously it was one of a kind yeah i loved him i loved him was howard so starstruck when he came on with don yeah 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 he well, just, that's he a cool just moment. I was say so. so when you... Did you guys ever go to SeaWorld? Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Did you you, ever, you went to Disneyland. We just he, took our you, daughter you, to you, Disneyland, and we did the little. You used to go the, every single week when you were little. Yeah. And you got engaged there. Yes. What's the Stamos experience at Disneyland? Are they yeah, just? I don't under. Like, I feel like tell, I feel like you're having a different experience than most people. Well, I didn't when I was a kid. You know, sure. I mean, obviously, um, I went there to meet. You know, I remember standing in line for the Matterhorn. I, I my dad's members only jacket and his shitty Aramis cologne. I had zits and my feather. Like I, I look like a dead crow landed on my head or something. <laughs> I don't and, know about that. Well, I, I'm no. going to need proof of that. Listen, no. I was a the caterpillar, and then when I slowly started turning to the butterfly, that's when girls started to like me and guys wanted to beat me up, like you. Michael. No, I. T- no, Michael. Yeah. Was, Michael. Was, Michael. Yeah. Michael doesn't like bullies. No, you guys would have gotten along. Yeah, that we, we still do. Yeah, yeah. I was standing in line trying to pick up girls and go, and it was like, you know, and, and, and they would just walk right past me and stuff. And oh, I was like, did they make a mistake. Well, you go like, you go like, man, if you would have told me back then that I'd be on this show today, I'd have my own stuff. And, and, you know, and girls would kind of like me and, and I'd have the Disneyland sign in my backyard. I collected Disney stuff. I don't think they just um, kind of like you. I had to turn the fucking AC on in here. No. It's all, it's all weird. It's all weird, you know? It's surreal. It's surreal. My, my, yeah, that's how it is. For you, and I always find this interesting, because we've had, I mean, sometimes, even like all the time, we have moments where I'm like, man, this is really kind of just like, like when you and Bert came out, this was, I was sitting, I'm like, this is a surreal moment. Really? What do you, yeah, for sure. What are some of the most surreal moments you've had? We were like, wow. Like we were talking to Janice, she dated Mick Jagger. She's like, it was weird. Talk to us about the Beach Boys experience when you first got to go on stage with them. Yeah, okay. I mean, like I imagine that's just a, like some things, even you know, no matter what levels or peaks you reach, like there's probably some moments you're just sitting there like pinch you moments. Now, right now. Yeah. Yes, there are. And you guys have had them, I'm sure a ton, right? I mean, you talked about it, but like when you first, you talk about Jesse, whatever, talking about knowing it's someone the first million. Well, how old were you when you made a million dollars? How old was I? Taylor, when was it? Like 25, 24? Yeah, in that range. Has Taylor been around that long? Taylor and me Taylor's worked together for a long time. No shit. For 12. Tw- Taylor too? Taylor. Yeah. But oh, wow. We call him cucumber though, because uh shaves my genitals. If you want to know how fast I made yeah. the first million and then like how, cucumber, how quickly I lost two, that's a different thing. Oh, did story. you? Yeah. Well, you loaned it to your dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, wait a I, minute, let's go back to cucumber dick. What, what, what Oh, you don't know about cucumber dick? <laughs> no. Okay, so oh, he he shaves himself bare. He shaves yeah. himself bare and it causes all this razor burn. Oh, okay. And then he comes to me and he asks me how to get rid of razor burn. Why you? I mean, uh, because oh, because I mean, he, she's yeah. my confidant. Use an ice roller. And then he also had a problem with coming too quickly. Yeah, premature ejaculation. Premature Thanks, ejaculation. Thanks, Taylor. I know what it's. I know what it is. We've, so we've gone through this. We had to fix that with edging. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. We had to work on that. Okay. And now he's gotten a little better. He can last two minutes. Oh yeah. No, trust me. Now there's no complaints. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Michael just got on this on these vitamins. I need him. What oh my do? God, they're amazing! No, what, what, Taylor? Can you please look they're up? They're Andrew the Huberman. Okay. Sorry, recommended I do want to, we'll get back to your millions, but yeah, no, no, we'll I, just move I on. want to hear. Tell everyone about your vitamins. No, there's um oh Tongat Ali and Fadoja. It's like a anyway, Viagra. They're, they're all natural supplements, but you should it, get on those. They're Taylor. not like it helps naturally Taylor boost testosterone. Okay, I'm in. It's Fadogia agrestis. But well, how is anyone supposed to do fucking have, spell that? Do you ever listen Jesus to Andrew Christ. Huberman? Or are you aware of him? He does. He talks about it. Yeah. Fadogia? And it's a supplement. Can you tell me after, Taylor? <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Give me some of your some of yours. But I'm, I'm on it because, but I wanted to put on more muscle. And, oh, you are oh, not oh, it for me. You up. Yeah. Taylor, how do you think of, what do you think of, if you want to last longer, think of, he tried. He tried everything. everything. The edging, the edging worked. You basically go is all the way to climax. It is. You go okay. all the way to climax, but you don't release. So basically, like once you do that, you build up to that point to where you're like, okay, there have been. I've had mistakes. Well, there's a big piece of glass behind yeah. as well. There's been times where I've gotten too close to the edge and then just bursted. But you know, right, right, right. Yeah. It's all. Did your mother listen to the show, Taylor? No, she no. Does not. Thank okay, God. Good, good. She does not listen to the. I show. I didn't know it was this. Uh, 
but he told great. a story about edging with this one girl who did listen to the show unbeknownst to him and that ended oh up, it ruined everything the relationship. Yeah. Literally the story ruined everything. on the air about right. edging because i went to her i had, had edged for like a month straight and then i went over to her house oh you never had an orgasm for a month for a month and then she her and i we started to get she started to like get down like go down and i was like hold on and i i literally like put my i like I threw my shirt under. I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom really quick. And I was like busting my load all over my belly. That's good. Yeah, good to know. He was excited. Yeah, like, get, get, off, get off the mic. Yeah, there's no there's now he jacks off three times a day. Really? I don't know where he does it, but. Yeah. I'm Wait, sorry, this John. Is your this studio. Is, this is a lot Wait, of So you made it. You, were you, were you, is he super Transition. inspiring? Like how he. Michael? Know, he's a hardworking bastard, right? And, and yeah. He's a hardworking bastard. You, you are a hardworking bastard. Do you look at him and go, I mean, you're more successful, but I mean, do you look at him and go, wow, this guy is my man, right? It depends on the no, day. No, she okay. busts my balls and really? grinds I like to bust his balls. You should edge his balls. I don't know I do edge his means. balls. I do all kinds of things to his balls. How many times a week? Not enough my, how often do you guys have sex? Uh, and you probably talk about it. We're oh, doing good right a now. A lot. Yeah? We're, we're doing good. We did, we, we, we're, in a, we're doing good. With marriage, as you know, it ebbs mm. and flows. We got in, We got some good one in last night. Yeah. Well, that's because you're Tom Young, whatever. <laughs> oh, really? Was Jesus right, Christ. Right. Every single guy needs to be, I don't care. It's not like a, it's not a testosterone replacement. It's vitamin every mm. single guy needs to be on this you should have them in the candy jars out you should there. have them in the candy jars next to the vibrators grab a vibrator for, the office is going to turn into a for a girl hole. during sex You're right grab a, a, a tom yum whatever it'll tom up yum. everything that's all okay. i need is I'm a and charged up man just told around. us a story about how leanne licked his nipple and it was the best orgasm he's ever had so tonight michael's gonna get his nipple licked <sighs> are they pierced michael no they're probably not. he no, looks they're... like a pierced only three on one yeah What's yeah. that? What? What? Did you? Are you pierced down there? No. No. Why did you say what? No. What? T- Taylor looks pierced, but it's just razor burn. Oh, Taylor. Right, right, right. When I was doing Little Mermaid live, I was playing the chef, and for some reason, so no big deal. When I was doing the Little Mermaid live, look, that's my other favorite. <sighs> yes. Who's little? Everyone. The range loved, of this show. We wait, from when you were doing Little Mermaid, little Mermaid <laughs> live, yes. He's. I mean, oh, no, I don't. I don't. Well, you're gonna sing forever too. Do it. Do it. Embarrassing. You will do it. We're not leaving. I'm not leaving without it. You'll do it before we leave. Don't you sing on every show? But I went to, I was doing the the thing, you know, I did it at the Hollywood Bowl. I mean, yes, it's it's insane. I I can't believe I'm saying half this stuff. The Little Mermaid is insane. But I played the chef like Les Poissons, Les Poissons. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I thought, I'm going to just play this guy fucking batshit crazy, you know? (laughs) And I did. And at the end of the thing, because I'm throwing flour and I was doing all this stuff. And at the end, they shoot this big ball of flour at my face. And the characters, Prince uh, Philip, right, is the is the young guy in the show, but and but I had this joke, and they said, "Oh, do it live," and I said, "Oh, it hits me." I go, "Man, I should have played Prince Albert live on ABC." Prince Albert is a, is a piercing down there, right, <laughs> Michael? Like you have. <laughs> show the people at home. No. <sighs> How come you weren't Eric? Because I'm old. Because Eric was like a young. He you should know. be Eric. Is that what I said, Prince Eric? But I said Prince Philip. Albert, said, which is the piercing down yes, there. But yeah. you should have played Prince, Prince Eric. No, well, that was a young guy. Of all your gigs you've ever done, yeah. what is your favorite? Mm, that's a good question. I love doing cabaret on on, on Really, on, you could tell that was your favorite. Oh man, I loved it. That looked creative. Oh, that's Look your at favorite. this, Michael. Look what it looked like. Well, I got to here. Let me show you. You know what? I was gonna. Show is that you. like burlesque cabaret? It's, no, it, it's a movie about um, Nazis and uh, you know. Jews it was it uh, was controversial, right? Well, it was a movie first with Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Welcome. It's, it's totally out of the that was your favorite of everything. But you yeah. think it was just because it stretched you the most, or just like made you? Well, it was not long after. Like going doing theater was. I'm not really a great singer. I'm not a really great dancer. But like you guys talk about on the show, like I just I just I just worked really hard. I worked 10, 12 hours a day, and I always thought 
well, if I could just, if I do that, I can do anything. And, not work, everybody. and I did, I, you know, and I, the first show I did was how to succeed in business without really trying to replace Matthew Broderick. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, like I've been dying to get back to that fearless guy, you know, forever, but sometimes I do, but then, then cabaret, but it, you know, this guy's like a pansexual, you know, gay Jewish guy who would fuck a goat. Kind of, there is a goat fucking scene behind a curtain and I'll show you something, but I don't know how I, how I was going to do it. And I started leaning into it and people were walking out. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And I talked, and the director Sam Mendes was directing and also Rob Marshall, big, you know, big thing. And I said, what? I said, you're doing it right. You're doing everything right. Don't, 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 don't lean into it. And I just kept trying to make people walk out, you know, because they thought they were coming to see Uncle Jesse. And I'm like, you know, not that. You know, yeah, there's Kit Kat girls that I'm dry humping. And, you know, there's a lot of sexual overtones about it. At this point, are you married? I was married to Rebecca. You're married to Rebecca. Mm -hmm. You know what's interesting is, is everyone in the press tried to make it seem like you were. And you mentioned this in one of your things on Instagram that you were saying, I don't want to say mean things that you were like mm. saying things that weren't nice about her, but you actually were very yeah. self-aware of yourself and took accountability of yourself. Yeah. They, they didn't really, I feel like they just pulled a, yeah, what do they call it? Like, like clickbait. They just pulled. They just pulled a clickbait. He, I, he thought it was this and that. You were really lo like lovely and self-aware on your own end and took full accountability for your doing in the marriage. Yeah, it was hard because I thought it was all her and she ruined my life and, you know, and she, I ruined my dreams of having a wife and a kid. We always talked about having children and that sort of faded. I let myself get sort of lost in that relationship and a lot of partying and it was, you know, it just got too much. She could handle it. I couldn't. And, it, but it was a time where I thought, you know, I'm, I've done enough. I, like, I'm going to just prop her up. And it was beautiful to watch her become successful. And, then, you know, then, then when it busted up, it, you know, it was very difficult, very hard for many, many years. And I, and I think I felt, I just went on too long. My dad died at the same time. I started drinking even more and it was, it was terrible. And I just blamed her for everything bad in my life, which was so, and then when I went to rehab, you're doing the steps and one of the steps is, um, or the fourth step is like, you write down all your resentments and, and in one column. So write down, you know, what people have done, you know, she did this, she did, I'm filling the pay and. And the sponsor said, you done? I was like, no, give me another pencil. I'm writing right And he said, okay, good. He said, now, in the next column, write down what part you played in all that. I said, get the fight and paint. Just even if it's 5%, what, 2%, just write it. And as I'm writing, and I was really brutally honest with myself at that moment, I, I realized, oh, well, I had, maybe I had as much to do with the demise of the marriage as she, as she did. We were just two people, you know, no good guys, no bad guys. It just didn't work out. I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't smart married. enough. I was with her around 10 years, 35 to, to no, 30 to 40. I married her when I was like 35. I can imagine that you're, you're both such good looking people and if you're young and it's all, everyone's throwing themselves at you. It's a lot of pressure at that age. But it it wasn't like that. I mean, you two are just good. It's just good looking. But we you were. guys are. I feel you like you have people throwing themselves. You're at like you on the red carpet, and you're like. I think it's different working because, with other actresses, and mm -hmm. she's working with other actors. It's just a lot. It would. It would. It'd be a lot. I of think pressure, it's different think. because. Yeah, I mean, yes. You guys, as celebrities, are also. I mean, I I watch sometimes producing some of these sh shows when celebrities come on, and like the mm -hmm. way. Like, okay, we can do a show with an entrepreneur and it's like, okay, cool. Every whatever Tuesday. Sometimes that's, the, that's the backbone of the show though, right? Yeah, a lot. But, yeah. but, and I've, lear I've learned a lot. I like that Jesse guy was really oh, he's good. Amazing. Yeah, he's, good. he's amazing. But I, I sometimes I see <laughs> like, it'll yeah, be a Jesse little guy. tiny clip that said in one Jesse's of the, are great. it'll be yeah. a, it'll be a small clip that said for one minute in a long show, but it's a celebrity. And I right. see 
18 publications just going in and saying all, and I'm like, that's not really what the whole thing was about. It was just, right. they pulled this one. And I imagine that kind of narrative and pressure from the outside all the time. It's like, you, what I like about doing this is I can say whatever I want and can kind of control the narrative. So, right. but for, I feel like you guys are at the mercy a lot of the time of at whatever people decide to write. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I remember being in here and, and we had a long conversation about Full House and how it started and, and the first, I talked about it in here, but the first scene that we did with the Olsen twins, I mean, they were babies, you know, and they didn't want to be there and they were screaming and crying and, and I'm trying to do the sh my lines and they're screaming over my lines. And I, and I asked them to get rid of, to, you know, to bring in some other kids because we couldn't get through a scene. They didn't want to be there. It makes sense. And that's all that they took out of that thing. Josh Stables fired the Dolls into his wife. Maybe I, I mean, saw that one too. Yeah, see? Oh, I sure. mean, it's clickbait and it's fine. I mean, Josh and Ben that were probably, probably well on TikTok. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, then they, TikTok's getting very, getting very mean. Like, I'm, I'll go on Instagram now and stuff, but it's getting, it's too much. I think that they've cultivated, listen, the TikToks are getting massive. I, I think yeah. they, they've cultivated an environment where there's a lot of tearing down on that platform. Yeah, more so like, than I've yeah. seen on other platforms. What's interesting, I was going to say, what, what's kind of a, you know, you want to be interesting. You want to be honest about stuff, especially in these long forms, which is so brilliant for you guys to be doing because, I mean, Howard sort of started, right? Sure, of course. But to sit and talk for an hour, you really get to get everything out. You don't have to, you know, you guys probably done talk shows. You see, you got, you're on for eight minutes of Fallon or whatever. You got to come up with four jokes and everything. So to be able to do this is great. But you can get, you know, you can get yourself in trouble too. But also like, I, you know, like, I mean, this is all respect. If, yes. if they were like, hey, John Samuels wants to come in and talk about his book for five minutes, like, uh, that's not what I want to, that's not the conversation I want to have. Right, I don't right, think there's right. any, you know, and I don't think that's the conversation that. But you have to do it on the other shows. But that's sure. what's so great about your show. Well, anyway. Why don't you start a podcast if you would have told me by John Stamos? <laughs> I like to ask questions. I, I like to you, you'd be good learn on a mic. about people. You'd be good on a mic. I feel like I could just sit back and you could just take over right now. Yeah. It's like, I know. It's maybe, maybe, nice. once every, maybe once a month you come in and host the show. Do a co-host thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, guys, they just, you guys ahead, should do a co-host we'll on your hair. We'll, yeah. Would anybody even know that they switched Michael with him because they both look they're I both can good looking? I can put my hair back like that. I'm sure oh, you can. Be handsome. Should we call my wife? Well, yeah, what yeah is, call your wife. Call your wife. I, I want, I'm dying to hear about your wife now. She's beautiful. She is beautiful. And the way that you asked her to marry you, you wrote about in the book, is mm -hmm. so cute. Can you tell Michael the way you asked? Can you even explain it? Oh, don't make, don't make me look it's bad here, so John. Cute. How did you ask? You were twelve. Uh, you were, you, no, no, you no. go, you go. Don't worry about you it. You did no, you ask go. me the second but, I saw no, the no, one-eyed no, snake. You said, "Will you marry me?" Wait, yeah. You tell your story, and was then it's a snake talk, or was it hip? Was it you, tell, you tell your story, and if it did, you get jealous. Like, do guys? Do I get jealous? Yeah. I don't ever get hit on. That's what Kate. That's what my wife says. It's bullshit. I never get hit on. Yeah, bullshit. Ever. I don't believe it. Do I get jealous? You get jealous? No, because I don't get hit on. You get jealous? Yeah. I like to lead with fear sometimes. You what's that? I like to lead with fear sometimes. Lead with fear? Lead with fear. Oh, lead. Yeah, okay. I like to keep him guessing. He never knows. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. But yeah, my wife does that too. It's like, yeah. what are they thinking? And then you try to go a couple of things. If I told him if he ever cheated on me, I mm. wouldn't bring it up for two years. Ooh. So you'd stay with him? Yep. And I would collect data. Yeah, but who knows what happens at the end of that two years? Would you? Collect. Right. <clears throat> I'm not one of those girls that would call and freak out. I would just sit. Slowly. Watch. Slow. No, you know what? I Is don't think I don't think we get jealous. I think that's we don't get jealous in our relationship. I I mean I I think the reason being is like sure I've seen no let's get bullshit guys hit on you. Uh, no, they don't. They really don't hit on me. I'm not but trying I'm not to like get a little compliment. Bulldog they don't. Have... I don't like. I, yeah, I look yeah, at yeah. it as like of course they're gonna like what kind of you know. Would, Let me would, put it, it this it, way: I wouldn't want to be with someone that's everyone. No, like uh, nobody would hit on. You know right, what I mean? Of course, yeah. Nobody hits on. What about flirt? Like if you saw her flirting with somebody? No, that... she doesn't care. 
They don't care. Yeah, okay, good. You're confident. That's good. He's he's quietly confident. You're good. I mean, listen, here's the what I really feel. It's like any any other guy you take good luck, buddy. You know, you just, <laughs> now. This is How long? How many years have you guys easy. been together? 10 years? 17 17 we've been together. Yeah. 17. I, 16. Well, I'm I yeah, I don't know the exact. 16. But we've known each time. other for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a long time. There is one thing that I will never give up, and that is bread. I love bread. I have to have a slice every single day. I'm just like a bread person. <laughs> bread with a lot of butter, bread with jam, bread with Nutella, bread with cream cheese. I'll, I'll eat any kind of bread. And there is this brand. It is called Hero Bread, and it's really a hero. So basically, it has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and it's high in fiber. So they hit all the points. It's delicious. It's flavorful. The one that I like that I can't shut up about is the Hero Seeded Bread. It is so good. Toasted with grass-fed butter and a little bit of jam. Sometimes I'll do like an egg on top of it. I'm telling you, try it. You will love it. If you want to make a BLT with it. They also have like hamburger buns and tortillas. I'm just really into bread, so I love the seeded bread. But you can go on and just check out all the carbs. They have something for every single craving. Like I said, buns, tortillas, bread loaves, go check them out. They have a monthly small batch too of indulgent favorites. There's like a hero croissant that has two grams of net carbs. And then they also have a hero cheddar biscuit with one net carb. They've set out to make a bread that's low in carbs with no sugar. It's 45 calories, five grams of protein and 11 grams of fiber. Sign me up, please. It's my dream of life. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code skinny at checkout. That's skinny at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Let's go back to Rickles for just one second. Can I guess we, or, go back or, to Rickles. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted to show want. you something. He, like you said, he would just take everybody out. By the way, him and his wife were so cute the way that you wrote about Don, them. Yeah, Barbara. They were yeah. together for, what, 60 years? Long time. And you'd say to either of them, separately, you go, oh, how you doing? They say, we're, we're good. We're, it's always we're good or we're not good, you know. It's cute. For so anybody beautiful. that's young listening, yeah, you, they you, don't have, care. you have to go look up Don Rickles and go watch some of his comedy. You could probably pull your appearance with him on Howard Stern on YouTube, too, I'm sure. It I'm is sure there, it's yeah. on there. I might do a, I got to ask you some advice, both of you guys. But I might, I might do a podcast about Don, they, they were asking me to do that. I might do that. Maybe, we, can we do it here? Yes, 100% of here. course you can do oh, it. Oh, it's for someone else. I think the um, girls might lose it, though, if John no, Taylor's going to the mic every single even. week. I don't um, know what that would do. You might need a, to resurrect ER. And we have to resurrect. put some floor mats out for yeah. all the squirts. Oh, Jesus. Fuck, Taylor. Taylor, um, we already have floor mats for you. <laughs> Is he, well, that's, he spices up the show, right? Well, well he, sure, he does something. How much, that. does he make more money than her? Uh, I pay him. I pay him. Sorry, I'll make some more. Good. Okay. Just kidding. By the way, and I talk about it in there. My dad was so. I grew up with you know my mom and two sisters, and my dad was so respectful to to. I mean, no means no, and I really watched the way he treated my mom and my sisters. He thought you know my mom was a housewife. That's what she wanted to do, and he never held it over her head. He never said I'm. I make the money. I don't. You know. In fact, he said that her job was harder. It is and, harder. Right? Sorry to everyone. Being being a stay at home mom is hard. And it's not it, a joke. Right. Listen, he, we just had our two kids over the holidays. It's hard. And I was like, oh, God. In a hotel room, it's hard. It's hard. Where'd you guys go? It's hard. We, we went, went to Santa Barbara for a little bit. Santa Barbara. It's hard. Do you guys live in Austin? Is that... 
Yeah, we live oh, you in do? Austin. Yeah. And you just come out here and do some shows once in a while? We come out and get, get all the we good started juice. This, we and, started and this out here. And LA, then... with Taylor as our producer. And you, and this is your, your Dear Media is your, is your whole thing, huh? Well, I guess it's like everybody's thing. When now, did you start it? Did you own it and you make the money? <laughs> did you, um, it's not her, it's not Taylor's thing, that's for sure. Did you, um, how long ago did you start this? 2018. We were in another studio and we felt like there was a, maybe a gap in the way they were doing things. Just, mm. So you figure, we're going to do it on our own. Who runs all these businesses that you guys have? We do. Do you? And like you, uh, skinny confidential, mm-hmm. Me. that's yours. This is mine. This and you started that this with a job. You had a, a what I sell people I is like TMJ. This is kind of TMJ? honestly. Oh, TMJ. Yeah. No, I, I had my jaw broken. Oh gosh. Yeah, it wasn't fun. How? how that? Like a... they, they just broke my entire jaw. They had to put it back into place. Why? Oh, because your biting on it. It was crooked. It, my bite was off. And Sleep so, was bad. But was it because listen, of him or no? It, yeah, it was because yeah. of him. His, he, it's so right. The one eye. Yeah, the one eye stink. That's why. <laughs> so you so you had that and then you thought you were getting some ice thing and it wasn't good on Amazon no, so then good. you come up with that how do you how, what makes this you better know what's than interesting you how do you know that <laughs> well there's a thing called the uh, Google I know, and, uh, I know, I know. no it's I always like to sort of come into these things knowing about you I guys mean, and geez. so this was that and this is better oh oh I know why because the other ones didn't stay cold long the enough they stayed cold for longer um look at this it's not that. John it's not Stamos that, not that. does not need to ice roll, but he can. You, my, I've been given these before. You put them on your face and stuff. Um, I'm getting ready to do. So I just, I did a Super Bowl commercial. It's coming out. I think I, I can talk about it. It's called uh, what? That's amazing. Oh yeah, it is. What's the commercial for? Well, it's Z, I should talk to you guys about this. Zeme, and it's a, it's a it's a free streaming service that that plays like local sports and news and events from all over the country. So if you want to know what's going on in San Diego, cool. Or, and eventually it's going to be. I, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull it out there, but it's going to be something that you, it's going to be your home base. You want to go there and figure out where you go. But I'm going to, I just did these commercials, which you'll see, but it's a smart thing. And then I finally doing a, um, a, a beauty, a men's beauty line or something. I was going to ask you, where's the hair and skin? Yeah. Well, I would, I would, I'm there's, it's not, the deal's not done yet. So I can't talk about, but what would you guys, so it's, it's, um, Right now they have, um, it's under eyes and a mask and face, face. you know, it's a great price point and everything. It's it's Everyone, out there now. Every guy wants to know, because I've done my research, yeah. how you get your jawline. A jawline? Yeah. I didn't, there's nothing. How would you even get a you fake could, jawline? You could get, you could get, no, 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 no. Yeah. You should do a product for it to tighten your jaw. Really? Yeah. What is that? Like there's like a mask that can go around the jaw. Oh. Like no, but a, I what mean, about, look at, I look at the, I need a neck. What, what's going on with the neck? No, no, what do you no, do no, about, don't do, do, you do, don't do anything to your face. Okay. Don't do anything. Well, this my neck is different Just, than the face. We want to know your skincare routine. I think that's so smart to do a skincare and hairline. For you. I think it's becoming popular, right? For men, it's and, like the yeah, next hottest sure. category is men's skin. And there's not her. a lot out there. I take right? her no. stuff. No, I do take you? her really? I take her stuff. I'm not kidding. Do you make? St- do you make? Um, I don't make. Stuff. Stuff. I, I take I the stuff she uses. More on yeah, tools. I understand. But your skincare line would fucking crush it. I think you should do the the hair product. That's of course next. you should do hair. Maybe because I'll do it with you guys. I can't believe you, you haven't do hair done product? hair and, and skin. I know. Well, because even I'm looking at your hair and I'm getting pissed off because I'm yeah, like... Yeah, it I, is good. What do you use in your hair? No, because it's whatever. Yeah, it's... it's, it's AMS. It I, I, you know that little tube fancy. of stuff? You need nothing your own fancy. stuff. I usually... I'll use... Well, look, I'm, I'm changing up routine because I'm going to use... I've been using this product that I'm going to endorse. Yeah. Which, which ones do you like, by the way? Brands? Yeah. Skinceuticals. For men. Skinceuticals. Okay. I'll write it all What's down. What's it called? Dr. Dennis? No, no, I don't need any of that. I have my own coming up. We're going to make you a whole list after this. Michael and then you will can use look. your skincare products he, all day. So will Taylor. So what are other men's stuff? There's not many out there, no, right? No, there's not many out there. Right. 
It's no, crazy for you. you use... of, out of every single celebrity that I can think of, mm-hmm. you should have your own skin and hair care. I was trying to combine the yogurt commercials I used to do and just put yogurt on your face and your hair. Which yogurt work. commercials right. you used to yogurt, do? Whatever. I had a Super Bowl uh, commercial years ago. Uh, yo- it was Greek yogurt. Yes. Gre- well, you're Greek. What's your favorite commercial what? you've ever done? Mm, the one I just did for Zim. I did some bread commercial. Oh, oh, I did a funny one with um, Geico. And, and this woman was, I can't remember how it goes, but she was knitting or something. Or she, oh, no. Something about John Samuels knit you a sweater and they cut to me and I'm like and sitting ex- across from her and I'm knitting a sweater. And <laughs> I'm spinning. I had like a knitting thing and I played drums, so I was spinning the thing. About, and uh, Taylor Hawkins lived down the street from me. It was great. You know, the drummer from the Foo Fighters. And he sent this video. I was like, I should have got that, man. You were more handsome than me, but I'm a stick spinner and you're the... So sweet. So many people dying. I hate, fucking hate it. Um, yeah, he just passed recently, right? Yeah, not long after Bob. Ugh. What other men products that, that are out there now? You need, you, you need a sheet mask. You need iPads. I do those. You need a hair mask. You need a hair gel. The hair gel would sell out. Yeah. You need, there, there's so many like products. I feel like don't start with too many. Just start with your four core. Is there anything that you've passed on looking back that you regret? I don't say no to anything, really. I, mean, I love these actors that come, and some of them do, but they go, here's my career trajectory. I did this, and I thought I was going to do this. <laughs> Usually they say, what, co- okay, that's, oh, okay, I'll take that. Right, oh, right. Just today, somebody calls, oh, I'll do it. I said, well, because you don't ever know what's going to really gonna hit. Come. You know, you, like, there's been projects that I've done that I thought were going to be the biggest thing, and they weren't. And then you go, like, uh, Greg Berlanti asked me to do a couple episodes of the show. You, did you guys watch that yeah. on Netflix? You know, I played the, remember the Dr. Nikki on there? And the thing blew up, like, I was just, you know, so you never know, right? I mean, you want to work with good people and everything, but that's a good one. You, the um, I I turned down La Bamba that 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 movie. I like that movie. It was great, and he was great in it. And I thought you were like, good in that too. Well, I, I I didn't feel comfortable playing a Mexican character even back then. I was like conscious of that, I think. And my dad was so mad because it came a hit and. There was uh, Zorba the Greek was a big movie that Anthony Quinn did. It was a Mexican. A Mexican played a Greek. A Greek could play a Mexican. You know, <laughs> but I don't. I can't think of anything that really. You know, you just do what you just do. What you do. do. I mean, there's a lot of things that I, you know, I auditioned for that didn't get. I'm just waiting now. I'm just waiting for my Breaking Bad. That's it. I'm not stressed anymore about it. You have to tell me about your proposal to your wife. Our audience oh, sorry. is going to freak I'm out sorry. for it. I'm sorry. It's no. Too I'm all cute. over the place. It's too cute. Um, we I t- did it at Disneyland. One early, very early morning, I got an email or text from Bob Iger, who's, you know, who's the head, CEO of Disney. And one of the oh, great, oh, just old oh, Bob, yeah, yeah. One of the greatest, greatest. I've known him since the Full House days. He was he was the president of ABC, and I remember right. barging into his office, going, "Uncle Jeff, I need more lines." I was like, "Okay." He hit me up in the morning, like at five or something. I don't know why I was awake at the time. He said, "Your girlfriend's really into Disney. You know, that's so great." He was. I follow her on Instagram, like. Don't you have anything better to do at this time of the morning than you know, talking about, you know? I said, well, I'm thinking about proposing to her. Can you help me? Like, I said, yeah, what do you want to do? I said, I want to I wanna cut together a movie of all the most romantic moments in Disney animation. And I want to go to the animation building at Disney and I, I want you to close it down for me. <laughs> I'm not telling my fucking engagement story. Yeah, I want to just go on with yours though. And I brought her in there. It was a hot day. And I said, can we... You know, they said, no, sorry, Mr. Samus is close. I said, my wife is pregnant. I got to get her into a cool place. Okay, okay. I put on a whole act. And we get in there and we sit down. There was nobody in there. And all of a sudden the lights went out and she like, grabs my hand. It's like, wow, what's going on? And then all, all the screens around us, this movie came up of all the, you know, Kiss the Girl and all these really sweet romantic movie and moments in, in Disney movies. And then I got down on my knee and I 
I said, will you marry me? And she, she literally held the ring and she, she, before she said yes, she was, you know, there's a ring. She said yes, and it was really sweet. And then I had all our, our, our my fam, my sisters and her family waiting for us at the at this club up there called the Twenty One Royal. And did she watch you? On, no, she no. fucking hate. No, she hates, didn't watch yeah. any of it. Every she, boyfriend that is now listening cool. is a girlfriend that's listening is screwed. It's, what do you got? What did you do? No, no, no. We're not, we're not going to what I did. No, yours was sweet. Let yeah, me just tell you this: it didn't involve calling Bob Iger and shutting Disneyland uh, down. Well, that's, I, you know. You know his proposal. His proposal was cute and sweet. It mm-hmm. wasn't Disneyland. No, no. It, it was in our, Dis- it was in one bedroom apartment and just the two of us. Yeah, that's, that's okay. beautiful. It was sweet. It was very sweet. Wait, I met so, and our first date was to Disney World. She, so I was, I was doing an episode of SVU Law and Order. So I was doing this guest spot. I was playing this character. Do you guys ever watch that show, SVU Law and Order? Yeah, yeah. I never, sure. Yeah. I played this character, and my agent called me. Said, yeah, they're right. They wrote this great character for you. It's really good. I said, What is it? You have sex with all these women and you have 47 children and you have, you know, I'm like, how, why did they think of me for that? Um, he was like a guy who, who, he was so egotistical. He wanted to spread his progeny all over the place. So he was tricking girls into getting pregnant and poking holes in condoms and stuff. Did you see that one? You look like you've seen it or you've done it. Maybe no? it's a true, it's a true. Story. Yes, yeah, I was young playing you. And Caitlin was one of the girls and, and I saw her and I was like, oh my God, I just, I'm fat mad. You know, I have, I'm in love with this girl. And I was so afraid to talk to her. And I finally kind of sort of talked to her at, at uh, lunch. She was only there one day. And, um, and then I walked into the makeup room. I was like, okay, I'm going to go up and I'm going to ask her. I walk up and she's like, and then we're getting married right over here. We're at Chelsea Pier, right over there at Chelsea. But I'm like, you're getting married? She, she goes, yeah. I go, don't. And I'm like, what an asshole I am. You know? And she goes, oh, oh okay. But we started talking about like theater and Disney and stuff like that. So she thought I was gay, which, you know, Whatever. So we started texting. Oh, no, I pulled a great one. Let's, let's take a picture together. I took a picture. I go, you want me to send it to you? She goes, yeah. What's the number? And so we started See, texting smooth, for a while. She was engaged. Right? John Stamos. Um, John Stamos got the moves. You know, you know. She was, uh, well, here's the deal. So the guy, the character had like, they finally r- rounded up all the, all the women and all the kids and they all came into the precinct thing. And they're like, There's, you've, you've fathered 47 children. And he said, well, you haven't checked Europe. With Caitlin, I was in I was in the bathroom, like po- poking a hole in a condom. I had reading glasses like a dope, and I'm like this, and that I'm on the show, the character, and then you know, Ice T and, and what's his name come bang on the door, and he's in there, and they kick the door down, and come with me, and so I eventually got her pregnant. It took she not was, in real life in, the in show. real life. I did seven. No, no. It's, well, it took me seven years. She was engaged. They got married. And oh, then they actually went through. The, oh, they uh-huh. went through. Yeah, I said it was. We texted a little bit, and it was wrong. You know, I mean, it wasn't wasn't anything. You know, disrespectful. It was just like you know, I'm getting married. Okay, you know, good luck. And then seven years later, I walk into the set of Fuller House. You know, I walked on the stage, and I saw her in the stands. I'm like, no way. And she was with a guy, and I said, I thought, oh, God, I must be stalking. She says, don't flatter yourself. You know, my uh, friend is on the show this week, and I came to see her. I was like, oh, okay. This must be your husband. She goes, no, I got divorced. This is a new boyfriend. I'm like, I could deal with a boyfriend, you know. And then I started stalking her on Instagram. It was like, you know, like Willy Wonka, like he was trying to get that golden ticket and he kept going. And there's pictures of the boyfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend. And then one day there was pictures with no boyfriend. And boy, and I was like, she kind of scrubbed him. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And we started talking and I, she said, I want to travel. I said, all right, let's go to Disney World. She loved Disney. Disney World. Now I'm walking around Epcot and I, and I have a hat and glasses and nobody's recognizing me. 
I'm like, what the fuck? I'm trying to, okay, I'm going to take my glasses off. I take my glasses off. I'm trying to look at, you know, get, get eye contact with her. Still nothing. And my hair. I got famous hair. I got to take off my hat. Took the hat off and, you know, and hat, can I have um, mercy? To the, and she goes, what are you doing? I go, ah, nothing. She goes, you're Epcotting. Stop, stop it. It was like peacocking, but Epcot, because we were in Epcot. So she calls it Epcotting. She goes, that's not impressive, man. And that's when I knew, like, that she's the one. I mean, she called me out of my shit so <laughs> fucking fast. You all, guys all love women that call you out on your shit. That's the, see, I want you to come on my TikTok. I asked Arielle and give three tips for women. The way to get the guy is to just not take their shit and to call them out on their shit. Yeah. This, and you, I mean, you've had a lot of girls throw themselves at you, I'm sure. The one that, mm-hmm. the one that you marry is the one that won't take your shit. Happened. That's how this happened. Yeah. How it works. She it's never. So easy. She never watched Full Wait, House. Wait, why? I, I, yeah. How it works. And she didn't watch Full House, so she was underwhelmed. No. She didn't give a shit. She still doesn't give a fuck about. It. She like I'll do the weird. She liked you. She said that's the best thing we ever done. Like, Not you, but I mean the TV show. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> she likes you too. That was cruel. I didn't mean that as a joke, honestly. Look at how successful you guys are. Vibrators and things. When did you? I thought you meant me. Did you start but this? You started oh my God. Uh, Dear Media You're first, funny. and then she started uh, with the product. It's been like a little bit like of like a egg. It's been or, like a little bit. No, of like he doesn't a, get to change the interview yeah. on us. I want to have. Uh, well, I want to know how know it's been us. to have your son. Oh my God, it's the greatest. Isn't right? it good? Yeah. Yeah. He, you were talking about Don earlier. You said he just laid out everybody, and he did. And here he is at my fiftieth birthday party. Oh my God! And I just thought Intel. I said this is gonna be like he's just like and everybody was ripping on Jeff Ross was there and all these people and everybody spoke you know Bob hosted it which was great and 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 here's Don uh, and I thought he was just gonna kill me my birthday he should okay what was I gonna show you oh the Rickles video yes I bet it was something sweet it was yeah well Bert was just talking about how how his success it, he, when he took so long to hit. Yeah. On this podcast, he was talking about oh. how it, t- it takes so long and you have to put so it many took him reps 20 in years and you have to be so militant and so disciplined. And he finally, he doesn't even feel still that he's made it. Yeah. He's so successful. What do you tell people that, I mean, the trick is to, to rise above the fray, right? With these podcasts. I mean, Lauren and I have been doing the show now for eight years, but if you think this about, show? yeah. Wow. But if you think about yeah, it's, like it's her, it's 2010. Long time. It takes, I mean, it, 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 take, and it I took feel, us three years to make money. Yeah. On the show. Yeah. I mean, I think time. everything takes, everything takes time. Yeah. Where's the money been, come from here? The sponsors and. Yeah. I mean, just there's that. And then I think the products and, you know, we invest in businesses and produce other people. But I mean, like. How do you find a business that you want to invest in? Like my, my skincare. Thing. I say, I, skincare. I say, I say, listen, I'll accept nothing less for a men's skincare brand except John Stamos' okay. face on All the right. front. How do you, I can't believe you don't even, like, I feel like that you would. Must, you, do you have skincare stuff that you sell? I have skincare stuff, but What it's do you not, use? What I do you use do? skinceuticals. I use colostrum. I just got a salmon semen facial. It's not salmon semen. Yes, it's it salmon like DNA. I got salmon semen on my face. With, it really works. So his name was Salmon. You should Sam- make a sa- John Stamos is Salmon Seaman. <laughs> salmon Janet. Salmon Salmon. John Salmon Seaman. Okay. <laughs> this, should we go to Rickles just John to Seaman. get rid of the boner? Gonna, yes, this yes. is the headline of the show. You should think of Don Rickles, by the way, uh, Taylor, if you don't want to have an orgasm so fast. <laughs> <laughs> you think? That would stop it. Down. <laughs> here, here, let's see if you want to. See. You know what? I wish that he was around to meet, to, to meet Billy because he would. They would have. You know, and I wish Bob was, Billy has a very, he's a very funny kid already. 
very charming, too charming. You know, I don't know, calm down a little bit, like we said. That doesn't surprise uh, you, me. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're wait, a four-year-old girl? Wait, wait, maybe we should, inter- yeah, maybe we should introduce our daughter's name, Zaza. Zaza? Zaza's, Zaza's ready to meet Billy. How do you spell it? Zaza? Z-A-Z-A. That's cute. How did you get that? She was super into Zsa Gabor. Oh, no. Yeah. You were? I lo- I'm telling you, I love- You like all the old- I love- old, I like how you are with Don Rickles. Yeah. I'm like that with old Hollywood. Really? Like who I else? Who do you else do you like? Zsa Gabor, Marilyn Monroe. Right. Who, did, who was I reading about the other day? Oh, Robert Evans. I just read his yeah, book. Yeah, I knew him. He's good. Oh my God, I love that. Oh, yeah, he's the best. Did was you he- listen to his-, his, his He has a- um. You know, a book on tape called "The Kid Stays." It was a movie. I read it. I, read it. I love. Did I'm I fuck her? You that's why I did. you did. You did such a good job. Did I you see read that this new book show? all the time, and yours is really good. Did you listen to the audio? I read it. Oh, but I'm saying, did you listen to the audio? No. no. Is does did he say do, the you, audio? Did you do the audio? Yes. Oh, I didn't listen. I was going to get Britney Spears to do it, but she didn't. He was great. I I spent. I just love those old guys. You know, and I paid it like with Don when I first met him. Like I just paid attention to him. Yeah. And and Bob was. You know, he was. You know. I was hanging around with Brad Gray and these guys, and I, I, I spent time with them. I would go to his office over there in Paramount. He, one time we were at dinner, he said, I, had a, I used to have a pubic hair cl- collection. I'm like, really? Yeah, like little Coke bags oh, filled Jesus with Christ. pubic hairs on a, on, a, on a, you know, a cork board. My third or fourth wife made me get rid of it. Girls don't have pubic hair now, John. Okay, thanks, Bob. We're eating. We're having dinner. Oh. He was, I, I think John knows that. I think John knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was great. Do you Who know else? What, you one like? of the smartest things I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Bob Evans said that he built his tennis court at his house mm-hmm. because, and he built it the most magnificent, most expensive possible way he could with the most professional everything. Mm-hmm. And he said it was something that money couldn't buy. And so what happened is everyone congregated towards his tennis court and would play, and he would be able to use the tennis court as a way to network. Yeah. And he said, he said, it's not that he had a ton of money. It's that he had this tennis court that every single person in Hollywood wanted to play at. Yeah. The show they just did on The Godfather. Yeah, that, that guy was, was great. That was good, right? Yeah. yeah. He, 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 he lost that house. It was a really cool house. I've been, I went there. And then Jack Nicholson, I think, bought it back for him. Oh, good. And he lived cool. in that house. And that uh, really tennis cool. court was there. Who else? Oh, I hosted Bob's roast for Comedy Central with me. I saw that. And it was the last great roast, I think, because it was all his that. friends. You didn't watch it? I didn't watch it. I watched it. Yeah. Cloris Leachman was on there. You would love her. Oh my God, I got to watch it. She showed up like it was, I think we did it in August and I, we, I invited her to my birthday at my house and she showed up about midnight, like wet. She just got out of the shower, comes, hey, stay up. And she's like sitting next to my mom, I'm blowing out candles. She's like, this is the camera flipping on the camera. But she had a great joke on there. She, she said, I'm not here to roast Bob Saget. I'm here to fuck John Stamos. <laughs> it's funny. I remember that. You probably like her. I love it. I need to watch that. It was pretty good. You life. know who my other celebrity crush was when I was little? Who? Besides you? Who? James Gandolfini. Really? <laughs> Kate, different. my, my wife. different, right? A little bit, yeah. Well, yeah little bit. <laughs> well, he's my, my wife, like the, the guy she had the biggest crush on, and this is why I don't really worry about it, is it was Ted Danson. That was her like, and I introduced her to her one time. Ted and Danson. she was like, blah, 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 blah. yeah, you know, from Cheers. Of course. Danson. Ted Danson, that's an He's great on one. Curb, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he is good on Curb. John Stamos, you're a legend. You Not can really. come back anytime you want. I could have looked into your eyes all day. You, you too. Both I mean, of you guys. Anytime maybe you want. More. I hope next time you come on, you have a skincare routine that Michael I can... want you guys to help me do it. I, I mean, And I think you should do the Rickles podcast idea yeah. because I bet it would be awesome. You, um, I'm really impressed with the two of you. I, I, I think it's beautiful to watch the way you, you are to each other, the respect you show for each other. I, saw, I heard on the show. And you guys are Thank like you. hardworking, good people from what I gather. Uh, am I right? 
I mean it. No, I appreciate that, man. And um, uh, I, I just, uh, it's just, I'm very, I'm very grateful that you guys have me on here. And I, and we're I'm really, very grateful that you came on. We're yeah. grateful you came in. Can I come back? Someone? You, you can, can come, come back you want. literally anytime. I you thought you're taking over as the co-host. I thought you're gonna. You're great on me. a mic. I'm not, I'm not surprised Stern had you on so much. I well, mean, we could just no. talk and talk and talk. It's a lot of talking. I, I feel bad because I, because I, as I listen to the, some of the shows, I really learned a lot. I don't know what anybody learned from this today, I but think they learned a couple. Just. Be yourself yep. and, and and be a good person, right? You guys, go buy his book. It's so good. I know you'll all like it so much. At John Stamos on Instagram. Right, right. When I saw that you were following me today, mm-hmm. I screenshotted it and you sent did. it to my husband and thought, well, then I if you would have told me. I followed him too. Yeah, then I screenshotted it back. And then yeah, I said, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Where's, Where's my follow? No, 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 uh, don't, no, no, you don't need to see. His, no, 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 don't, I don't want to. Taylor Edges? No, 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 yeah, Taylor. Unless you want to just see close-up shots of razor burn. No, thank you. The bare naked cucumber on Instagram. John Stamos, come back anytime. Before you guys go, you should know that Michael and I have launched a him and her newsletter. It is all of our favorite products, thought leaders, quotes, things that we're thinking about all in one. You get it weekly. All you have to do is go to tscpodcast.com to sign up and we will send you all the hacks, tips and tricks straight to your inbox. 